Oh, Lord, there's a lot of information that we've already heard. There's a lot of information coming our way, but Lord, you have uh, ordained these topics today. You have ordained these gals to be here. And so, God, I ask God, that your word would indeed um, just find fertile ground and that your spirit would make rich application, Lord, and that you would teach us things, Lord, we didn't know or were confused about or already wondered about. Lord, you're the teacher here. And I just pray that your spirit would just go forward in power. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so our theme verse is actually 1 Corinthians 15, 58. I will read that for you. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. New King James Version. So, Let's start with some basics. I went online and I looked up a couple definitions for the word fruitfulness, just to just kind of see what was out there and just to kind of chew on. And I came up with productiveness, fertility, being conducive to an abundant yield, and the fact that something, or maybe someone, produces good results. So we find a terrific example of fruitfulness laid out in Proverbs 31. We have the description of the godly woman, and there's so much there, but I just wanted to pick a couple of them just to get an idea in case you weren't familiar with who she was. But verse 13 says that she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. Verse 17, she must have been buff, I think. She opens her arms to the poor and she extends her hands to the needy, verse 20. And that's just to name a few of her her awesome characteristics. But it's no wonder that the Bible says that her worth is far above rubies. But more importantly, we find both the secret and the foundation for her fruitfulness in verse 30, which states that a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So we see that her respect for God is the basis for all of her accomplishments. Her example illustrates our first point on your study guide. Fruitfulness begins with faith. Fruitfulness begins with faith. It is the birthplace. Faith is the birthplace for fruitfulness. And it's the beginning of spiritual abundance. So let's examine the parable of the sower for insight. And I'm going to read it to you. And I'm going to read it to you out of the NLT translation just for some freshness. But in Mark 4, 3 through 9, we find Jesus explaining the kingdom of God with a story about a farmer and some seed. So he says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath and the birds came up and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted and produced a crop that was 30, 60, or even a 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So of the four hearts that were represented, only one of them was favorable and fertile towards the good news. And although the, in, the invitation for salvation is open to anyone, 
with ears to hear and understand, I want us to catch the fact that spiritual fruitfulness actually begins at salvation by the initiation of God. Jesus stated in John 6, 4, 4, For no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me, and at the last day I will raise them up. God initiates to all, but we choose whether or not to respond to his call. And if we choose Christ, our lives can have that ability to produce a spiritual crop of 30, 60, or even 100 times fold. But let's remember that even our earliest, most fledgling fruitfulness began at Christ's initiation and our faith response to the promise of salvation. Come on in. Don't be shy, Anna. You're you're fine. (laughs) And now that we've established from whom our fruitfulness originates, let's turn our attention one more time towards our theme verse. Therefore, beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. So let's take that first command that says to be steadfast. Steadfast means everything you expect it to mean and everything we've already heard, to be firm, to be fixed. But if we back it up just a teensy bit and we look at that word be that precedes it, it's rather interesting. And it means to become, begin to be, receive being, to be made finished. And that got me thinking, how is fruitfulness actually produced in the life of a believer? Because we just don't wake up and suddenly be awesome, right? That's not how it works. So the seed of salvation is planted, but how is spiritual fruit grown? Well, in short, the Holy Spirit. He faithfully and steadfastly transforms us into the image of Christ in the image of like the image and likeness of Christ over our lifetime. Listen to Paul explain it in Romans 8, 27 through 29. So it says, And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with God's in accordance with the will of God. And we know that, here's the famous verse, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, for who have been called according to his purpose. But this is the verse I want you to check in. I just gave you that stuff to give you some context. This is where I want you to listen. For those God foreknew, he also predestined. Why? To be conformed into the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So we see a portion of God's image reflected and famously identified as fruit in the well-known and well-loved scripture of Galatians 5. I'm reading it out of the NIV, so it might sound different to you, but, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. It is first and foremost the responsibility of the Holy Spirit to steadfastly transform you. That's point number two on your study guide. It is the responsibility of the Holy Spirit to steadfastly transform you. Now, I know that might sound basic to some here, but let me speak from some personal failure for a moment. Many times I have ambitiously read over Galatians 5 over and over, desiring to have those very characteristics only to become wildly frustrated with my inability to reproduce them with any consistency. 
I'd pray and pray, just renewing myself and my commitment to do better the next day, only to just fall flat on my face again and again and again. And so I would read this like vicious cycle of like failure and self-effort and, and then guilt and condemnation over and over again. And I thought that God was just so disappointed with me because I just couldn't get it together enough. I couldn't perform. And this misconception that I had, this is my misconception of the Lord, it brought separation in my relationship with Jesus, and it gave the enemy way too much territory of my heart and mind. But in God's steadfast faithfulness, the Lord opened my eyes with some spiritual perspective. Allow me to read Galatians 5 one more time, but with a slightly different emphasis. But the fruit, singular there, of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But then right after it, it says, against such things there is no law. Against such things there is no law. Okay. Well, laws are rules and regulations. So how can there be no law? And I remember contemplating that when my eyes just began, became wide with amazement. Because spiritual fruit is born of the spirit. It's not born of the law. It's not born of self-effort, legalistic practices, or my inconsistent fleshly attempts. Or as Paul directly states a few verses, a few chapters earlier, after beginning with the spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? That's Galatians 3.3. But ladies, if you are led by the spirit of God... You are not under the law. Galatians 3.3. 3. No, Galatians 5.18. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You are not solely responsible to produce fruit in your life. In fact, Jesus said, No branch can bear fruit by itself. Apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15.4-5. We cannot be steadfast in our fruitfulness on our own. But we can, as our theme verse states, always be abounding in the work of the Lord. Well, how is that possible? Okay? Because, the, because that is the heart and that is the design of the Trinity. Yes, we can quench the Holy Spirit with sin in our lives, but the intent and the desire for us to live spiritually abundant, fruitful lives, is evidenced by Scripture. Hear the words of Jesus again. He says, I came that they may have life and have life abundantly. John 10.10 10. They feast, I love that, they feast, the verb there, on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights, for with you is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light. Psalm 36, 9 through 10. So here's the question. So if the Lord stands willing to produce fruit in my life, does that mean I'm absolved of any responsibility of the development of a godly character? Nope. No. It does not mean that. Just like we studied the seed of salvation upon the four hearts earlier in Mark 4, we find a similar pattern with the Lord's approach towards us in regards to fruitfulness. He initiates and we respond to him. Why? Because he desires relationship and he longs for our participation and our cooperation, which brings up an interesting point. Why is it that fruitfulness looks so different among believers? Why do some have a 30, a 60, a 100, whatever fold? After all, 
Mark referred to that very last heart that we read about. He referred to that heart as good soil, as fertile soil. So if the soil is fertile, then what accounts for that differential productivity? Well, whether we consider our lives, looking at our own stuff, or if we just kind of, you know, look at them or look at us and we just kind of like what's going on in our own lives, we find that we have that seasonal, you know, variety, right? That seasonal variation. Some seasons are just more productive than others. And there's a whole bunch of reasons as to why that is. And we can't get into all that because of our time. So what I want to do is just say, but overall, give you just kind of the main point, which is our produce, this is going to be point number three on your study guide. Our produce will fluctuate depending on how yielded we are to the Lord. Produce fluctuates depending on how yielded we are to the Lord. Okay. Making sure I'm not going too fast for you. All right. So Jesus alludes to this in John 15, 4, when he says, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So if we're going to produce the fruit of the Spirit, then ladies, we have to walk by the Spirit. Amen? And I wish I had more time to totally just like deconstruct that because that just sounds like Christianese. So, but in a nutshell, let me explain it this way. The more surrendered, the more sensitive, the more obedient we are to the voice of God, the more we abound in his will for our lives. And that obedience, it brings blessings and it brings fruitfulness. Hearing the voice of God becomes so much easier when we spend time in his heart, in his word, listening, listening to his heart, right? So notice the correlation between the word of God and fruitfulness in Psalm chapter one, verse two and three. It says, but her delight is where ladies it's in the law of the Lord. And on his law, she meditates day and night. She is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves does not lip whose leaf does not wither. Whatever she does prospers. That's a promise. That's awesome. Surely the word of God takes root below in the depths of our hearts and it bears fruit above in our attitudes and our actions towards others. The development of strong roots reminds me of our theme verse, which exhorts us to be immovable. The word of God, as we heard our speaker say, Melanie, is the foundation, it's our firmness, it's, it's where we find our steadfastness. And when we meet with the Lord and we allow His Holy Spirit to be that like divine highlighter, to make that application in our lives, we are given that opportunity to become that steadfast, immovable, abounding oak of righteousness for, his, for the display of His splendor. Ladies, we were made to radiate the image of God. We were. We were made to bear fruit for his glory and to bless others. John 15, 8 proves it. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit. So let's look at scripture for an example. Especially in the, the, prayer, the parable of the talents recorded in Matthew 25, we find the principles of good stewardship and multiplication. When entrusted with five talents, and a talent back then was worth a vast sum of money, it was hard to find like exactly how much, but it was just worth a lot. So if you had five of them, that's like millions, okay? Millions of dollars. So when trusted with five talents by his master, one servant doubled that to 10. Okay, started with five, got to 10. 
Another servant received two talents, and he doubled it to four. And each servant was given funds according to their ability. Yet, despite the differential amounts given, both servants received the exact same praise from their master. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Come and share in your master's happiness. So I want us to grab a hold of the heart of the father to be fruitful. In that same passage of Matthew, we hear his intention echo just a few verses later. He says, everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance, verse 29. So we're to bear much fruit. His design is it's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect for us. But if I can, I kind of want to bring a little balance to this uh, because I don't want you leaving here this morning thinking it's all about works, 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 because it's not just about quantity, it's about quality. The quality of our fruit matters to the Lord. That's point number four on your study guide. The quality of our fruit matters to Jesus. I've heard it said, it's not what you do, but how faithful you are. As we saw in the parable of the talents, both sermons were commended for their faithfulness. They were told to come and share in their master's happiness. The master's pleasure is our motivation and our reward. That's point number five on your study guide. The master's pleasure is our motivation and our reward. Psalm 100 verse 2 is our model scripture and it says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve who, ladies? The Lord. How? With gladness. When pleasing the Lord is our chief perspective, it really can shift our focus off of ourselves and others to the one who sees, who knows, who acknowledges our efforts. Case in point, when I was a missionary in Costa Rica, I remember becoming fed up washing dishes on a weekly basis for the high school ministry. Oh, why can't they just clean up after themselves? There's a trash can right there. And I was just annoyed, like every week to just, you know, so I'm just going to keep it real. So after some self-examination, I realized that I wasn't being met by the Lord enough. And I needed to reprioritize my energies so that I could be able to be poured out, poured into by the Lord first, so I could pour out to these kids. And after a while, I noticed that my my outlook began to change. And I began washing dishes for Jesus with a cheerful heart as a sacrifice to him instead of as a duty to others. And as a side note, there's something to be said for staying in our our own lanes. What do I mean by that? So, of course, we want to be obedient to the voice of God in any situation, whatever he asks. But God has gifted all of us individually and purposefully. So then it's not surprising then that we flourish in the fruitfulness in those divine giftings. So for example, you know, maybe you're strongly gifted in hospitality and in service, but you're deathly afraid of public speaking. So maybe you're not going to sit there and sign up for teaching a Bible study on stage, right? That may not be your forte, but God does challenge us. So no excuses. If he does ask that, ladies, you don't get to run and hide. Or maybe you prefer to intercede. Maybe you like to pray. Uh, maybe, or maybe you're just not the best cook, so you can pray, but, or vice versa. Maybe you love to cook and you're kind of scattered in prayer. You know, it's, 
it's really more like just the point. It's natural for us, for us to abound in those areas that he's blessed us in. And it's okay for us though, to say no to other opportunities. Um, just because there's a need, it doesn't mean like we're the one who has to, f to fill it. Creating margin is a good thing. Um, you just want to be spirit led and not under obligation. We want to abide in Jesus and we want to abound in the spirit, right? We don't, we don't want to be under obligation and we don't want to be under the approval of man. Well, I'm just going to do this because if I don't, I'm scared of the wrath that's going to come, right? That's not awesome. And like 2 Corinthians 3.17 is a good verse for balance. And it says where the spirit of the Lord is, not where man's opinion is, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom there. So, so far we've studied how fruitfulness begins at salvation is maintained throughout our lives by both the abiding work of the Holy Spirit and our yieldedness to him. So we're going to close out our time and uh, focus on how fruitfulness is rewarded eternally. This is your last point on your study guide. Fruitfulness is rewarded eternally. So turning back to our theme verse once again, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. God is gracious to reward our labor. Let's get some additional perspective from Paul in the book of 1 Corinthians. I'll read it to you, chapter 3, verse 7. He says, So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Who makes things grow, ladies? God, right? It's Remember, it's God who produces fruit. The man who plants and the man who waters have one person, and each will be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, who you are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ." If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. But if it's burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet be saved, even only as one escaping through the flames. So it is important right here for us to make a distinction that our fruitfulness is not the basis for our, found, our, our salvation. Mm -hmm. Fruitfulness is not the basis for our salvation. It is not by works, lest any man should boast. But what it, it's by grace through faith that we are saved. Fruitfulness is a byproduct. It's the result of our faith. James 2 talks about that. Also, it's equally important for us to mention that fruitfulness is not the foundation for our acceptance in Christ. Well, it's not just what I said. No, let me explain the difference between that. Fruitfulness is not the foundation for our acceptance in Christ. Yes, his blood is the basis for our acceptance, but I want to talk to you gals relationally here, not theologically. So he doesn't love us more and he doesn't love us less. Um, based on our performance or our level of fruitfulness, okay? So remember the parable of the talents. Both those servants received the same praise despite having, you know, yielding different um, financial outputs, right? One had 10, one had, I think, was it, let's say four, 
two, four. I can't remember now. My brain's not working. But anyways, they both doubled, but they still received the same. They they still received the same praise from the father or from the master. So we can't earn his favor more based on our works. The Bible says in Romans two eleven that God doesn't show favoritism, right? Um, yes, we can be blessed by obedience, uh, but He loves us freely, and He died for you unconditionally. That's huge. To me. Years, and I'm still trying to get that. But that's a constant thing for me to have to get in my mind that, oh, I, I want to feel his, uh, his praise. I want to feel his approval. I want to feel his favor. So let me go do X, Y, Z. No. That's not how it works. He loves me anyways. If I did nothing else for him, he still died for me and he still loves me. Amen? Mm-hmm. So, but what is judged? What is judged by fire is the quality of each man's work. The work is judged, right? The man is spared, but the work is judged. We, dis- we discussed earlier the importance of faithfulness as well as serving the Lord with gladness as our main motivation. And all that we do, he weighs the attitude of our hearts. He judges our intentions and he separates out those mixed motives, right? Because he is the purifier. He is the refiner's fire. He is holy. So let's be wise builders, And if we're going to build, then let's build with the good stuff. Let's build with the gold, the silver, the costly stones, with love, with joy, with peace, etc. He will reward us, right? Our labor will not be in vain. Romans 2.10 says, says, but glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good. And I want my fruitfulness to count, right? I want it to count. I don't want it to be burned up. I want it to count. But I also equally, yes, I want the reward. But more importantly than that, I want to cast my crowns at his feet because he's worthy. He's worthy. So finally, last points here. We want to keep grace in full focus, right? It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, Hebrews 13, 9 says. The goal here, ladies, is not perfection. The goal is to glorify Jesus. And his grace, which means his, deny, his divine enablement, will carry us through each and every day. How do I know? Because that's what he says. And he's faithful to his word and to us. Listen to his last, the last little promise I have. Hebrews 13.21 says, The great shepherd of the sheep will equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever. Amen. All right, I'm going to pray and then we'll transition into questions. Lord, I know that that's a lot of information. It's a, it was a lot to write. But Lord, I know that you have nuggets for these gals today in this message. That they would walk away with one or two things that they really feel uh, is just from you. Take your word, Lord, and I pray again that you would multiply it in fertile ground. Move the hardness of heart. Whatever blocks, whatever anxieties, whatever distrust, whatever misconceptions, Lord, that we have of you, would you clear the field? Would you break up the fallow ground, Lord, and would you plant fertilely in our hearts, Lord? In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I know that that was kind of a lot. That was a lot. You've already heard a lot, and that was a lot. So what I want to do now with the rest of our time is I'm going to bring up my fabulous assistant. She's not my assistant. She's my sister. I want to introduce Julie. Many of you know her. 
but she is one of my favorite people in the whole world. Um, love you. I love her. Like I can't even tell you. She is when I, when I was asked to do fruitfulness, I said she is the most fruitful person I know. This girl has been with me through everything. I can just cry right now. Don't make me cry. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I do deaths and surgeries, kids. Yeah, I've known for 20 plus years. You're not in better hands. She should be teaching this study. No way. <laughs> yeah. So I love her with all my life. I love You're you so a beautiful much. sister. Oh my gosh. Oh. How can we even add to anything we just said? She's so I love here. her. <laughs> um, so I'm going to let her, I'm going to stand near her because my microphone has to like, and I like oh to gosh, be next to so her, funny. but my, my <laughs> microphone has to pick up her, her beautiful voice and she sings by the way. Anyways, um, <laughs> oh. side note. So she's going to kind of take it over and I'll let you lead with however you want to do questions. Well, I feel like it's just repeating everything you shared, <laughs> which is great. But, um, the question, do you want to ask me the questions? You want me just to just Oh, okay. okay. We'll, we'll do it like this. Okay. <clears throat> and we want to give you opportunity to ask questions too. So we'll mix Sorry. it up. Ridiculous. Okay. So Miss <laughs> Julie, how do you practically balance fruitfulness and family? Ooh, uh, I feel like it is such a balance of both because there's so many things that I think we can only do, like we've heard this so many times, we can only do, we can't do a hundred things well. We can only do certain things. And I feel like as a pleaser, like I've always been a people pleaser, it's like, oh, there's this opportunity and I want to make this person happy. I want to do this. But we only have to please the Lord and his voice is the most important voice to please. And so I feel like, um, like how Merce said, there's natural gifts that God's given you and it's going to look different. And even though we always want to be like, like she's just so contagious and she has so much joy and she serves so well in this. But maybe like maybe she loves kids so when you're like, I hate kids and I can't stand being with them. <laughs> or maybe it's like she just makes everything beautiful in that space and um, and it comes natural to that person. But mm-hmm. to you, it's like, oh my gosh, like you're sweating over Pinterest and it's not natural, <laughs> right? Because God's given us all such different gifts. And I feel like when we um, accept who he's given us and we don't have to measure up to other people are compare ourselves there's such a contentment I guess mm-hmm. right and a freedom Amen. like this is what he's made me to do mm-hmm. and I think um our children too as we enter into like having children and having families like our our kids should always know that we love Jesus first and foremost and not them first which is hard because they think that the whole world revolves yes, around them. for sure especially even high school I'm like and I have teens and young adults and they still think the whole world revolves around them but I feel like <laughs> that they know that Jesus is first and foremost in my life is so important more than mm-hmm. them and that sacrifice is, is okay but um, I also think that our family should get our very best energy mm-hmm. our first love our first, first because when we do that it honors the Lord, and I think He He blesses us for yeah. that too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think when we have surrender, it brings contentment. So whatever season of life we're in, if it's being with our children in our homes, then make that your worship place because it could be the best place ever. And I remember when God first called me to homeschool, I cried every day for three months. I, was like, <laughs> I still cry. It's awful. Like I hate it. And just thinking, oh my gosh, I did not set the tone very well with my kids because they're just like looking like how today's supposed to look. But we set the tone of our homes. You know, so when we do it, it's a heart to serve the Lord. It changes the whole atmosphere. Yeah. And then as they grow, that they see, oh man, 
like my mom still wants to, um, like she wants to serve the Lord and glorify Him. That's her main. I think that we we can model better than what we say, the things that they catch. And so by us living that out, it's like the best example ever. And if you're not married and you have, you're not, just use, like, Lord, what does, what's my natural gifts? What can I do? I want to hear your voice only. And you don't have to say yes to everything, even though there's so many even good opportunities, but just really leaning into the Lord and seeing like your natural bent and how Amen. he wants to use you, right? Amen. So that mm-hmm. fine balance of everything. Amen. Okay. Before we go to our next question, do you guys have one you want to ask? Ask more. Ask Julie. If you're quiet, I'll move on, but give you a second. (laughs) Percolating? No? Okay. All right. Question number two. How do you say yes or no to serving opportunities in a spirit-led manner? Walk us through your decision-making process. Okay. I think um, it's super important because I um, have a husband and have kids, so I always ask him, this is really my heart, this is my husband, this is really what I want to do, can I have you stand behind me in this? And if he is like 100%, yes, I'm standing behind you, this is from the Lord, mm-hmm. then I know like there's peace, he's okay with this sacrifice. And usually I try to not sacrifice a lot of our like family time. So mm-hmm. like I had signed up for the worship team, but it was so much practice on Saturday and then Sunday morning that I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the best time of my, my most time with my husband and with my kids. So just really discerning, like I want to prioritize them in this season and make them feel the most loved and valued. Mm -hmm. But I think also I, um, so we have foster kids and I still like see Mm -hmm. the families all the time. I am involved with high school ministry. I disciple young adults or mentor them. And so I think I have to make sure that my kids feel like they're not just on the back burner or slighted in my husband. Mm-hmm. So it means a lot more like intentional time for me where I'm like, okay, I want to have a date with you twice this week. We're going to ride bikes at the beach and we're going to go have lunch. And like each kid, I kind of try to juggle that and do that within my husband too, so that they feel loved, their cups are filled. And then I feel like I have time and freedom mm-hmm. to give to other people too. And it's not, mm-hmm. they're not resentful in any way. Yeah. Amen. So that's good balance, friend. Yeah. Yeah. It's that balance juggling, right? Yeah. (laughs) Because I feel like he has called me to those things and I'm at a season where they're older and I can do those things. Okay. Cause they're like at work or at school. And so I have a little bit more flexibility with my time. But when I was little, definitely it was like, Lord, help me to be grateful for this time that I can pour into my kids and make them like, just give them everything I have. And I don't have any um, regrets looking back because mm-hmm. I have literally given them everything, whether they've chosen to follow that <laughs> is another story, <laughs> but, um, but I have done been faithful with my part. Amen. You're cute. I'll do you look. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> All right. Any other questions story. before? <laughs> You're so cute. Yes. Mana. So I have like kind of two questions, but yes. so I don't have a husband or kids. Okay. <laughs> I'm single, <laughs> but I am serving and there are like opportunities right and so it's kind of like there's opportunities in other areas of the church to serve and like how you're saying like you have to say yes to everything Mm -hmm. and like i think i'm like in the middle of like saying yes or no right but Mm -hmm. i think the other part of me not wanting to say yes is is out of fear like Mm. like i'm not good enough Mm. so it's like you know like like okay like i know i have a a gift in this but like Mm -hmm there's this fear of not wanting to move forward with it. 
So then I'm just like, oh, I don't have to say yes to everything. Right. I'll just say no instead. But it's like right. that just me not right. wanting to you know, take that step. Forward. I think we struggle with that, all of us, right? Because mm -hmm. in the Bible it says, do not fear. And we, but God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. So if you feel like he wants you to get your foot wet in this water <laughs> and like take that step of faith, he's going to totally meet you for sure. Mm -hmm. But I also think that, um, like I gauge everything to James 3.17, I think, and it says that God's wisdom is first pure, it's peaceable, it's not selfish. And so when you look at His wisdom, like mm -hmm. is it is it, is it peaceable? Is it just something that I want for like, I don't know, because sometimes I think even, this is so awful, but sometimes like we raise our kids because we want people to be like, oh, you have such a sweet, beautiful family. I don't know, like the thing, <laughs> it's all for other people, but it's really for the Lord. Like what? Or like you help someone, you're like, oh, I hope someone saw me do that. Like that's so <laughs> sick and wrong, right? But our pride, but it's not for that. It's like if, it, if it's pure, it, there's no selfishness in it. We just want to honor the Lord and we're scared he's going to meet you in that and give mm -hmm. you the courage to walk in that for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like his way is definitely peaceable. Yeah. And I think too, um, you know, sometimes we have those giftings and desires and we walk in them now. Sometimes they're realized later. Um it's for a later season, which I'm not saying that's your situation. But I think, too, you know, when you're at that point of should I do this, should I not, what is the Holy Spirit speaking in your life today? When you're in the Word of God and you're in that and you're, it's not like it's just random, but you're in the Word of God and what is the Spirit speaking to you through the Word of God? Because if you're getting that, that desire, even that the Holy Spirit's just highlighting or keeps highlighting something, then that's a good opportunity to walk in obedience. You know, being on stage is scary. Public speaking is difficult for some people. Sometimes you just do it scared because you're more interested in blessing the name of Jesus than you are how you feel, you know, it, I think sometimes. Yeah. And then you trust Jesus <laughs> with all of it because it's for his glory. Right. Okay, what else? Any other questions? Yes. Okay. No? Okay. Question three. Cute. I just love you. I love you. <laughs> She's like Vanna White over here. Okay. Number three, what gets in the way of us being fruitful? What gets in the way? I think, um, like what you, you hit it so well, our focus is wrong. And we think it's like a factory. Like our lives should be like this and it should look like this and have all these works. But God didn't make a factory. He made us to be like a garden that he can enjoy um, where he, like, it's just fruitful, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And he's so much more about, not about what we do, but who we are. And I feel like we shift that focus and we make it so much more about what we do than who we are. But he cares so much more about who we are mm -hmm. than about all these things that we produce or do. And so mm -hmm. I feel like it's um, just walking in his spirit and keeping that sight that it's not, it's not about like what you said, like we can feel like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to please the Lord. I'm never going to earn his love. And we won't mm -hmm. earn his love because yeah. we're never going to get to heaven because of anything that we do, but mm -hmm. it's just because of him. So mm -hmm. I feel like having that focus, like we can just in enjoy him. We were made to delight in him and that's Amen. pretty much it. Yeah. But our flesh gets in the way too, right? Right. Our pride gets in the way. Totally. Our busyness gets in the way. There's a lot of things. That's why I feel like balance is such an issue because there's so much out there and there's so much you right. can do, but should you, right? right. Should, should, should we? And are we doing it for the right reasons? Is it because, oh, well, so-and-so asked me, so, you know, I want to say yes just because they did, which that's the case with this one. I always want to say yes to her because she asked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I mean, is, are we being directed by the Lord? Are we, is there any, like, hint of the flesh or pride or 
whatever to do or, or to not fear. We, we talked a little bit about that. I'm not going to do that because I'm just not going to. And we just put up that stubbornness or something when you like the Lord's like, come on, come on. Right. You know, that also gets in the way. Okay. Anything else? Questions? No. Okay. All right. So I think I have just one more question. Yeah. All right. How can I be fruitful even in times of suffering? I think it's the worst, <laughs> right? But we all suffer and we all go through extremely hard circumstances that God allows in our lives to mold us and shape us. But I also, um, when, when we place our suffering in God's hands, it's mm. never wasted. And that's mm. what I love about the Lord. And so I feel like when we open up and we are real and we don't pretend like we have it all together with each other, then God can use our always our messes are our messages, like mm-hmm. the messes that we go through, that He allows us to reach out and to help other messy people because we're all messy together, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, there was this quote that I just heard from C.S. Lewis this week. God whispers in our mm-hmm. pleasure. He speaks in our conscience. He shouts to us in our pain. It is the megaphone of who He is. And so mm-hmm. I feel like usually in those times of pain and suffering is when we're most intimate with the Lord and we can sense his presence like no other time in our Amen. lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know you asked me about specifically about Joseph. Joseph. And in Genesis forty nine twenty two, it says that Joseph is a fruitful bough. Is that how you say it? Sure. A fruitful bough by a well. His branches run over the wall. So I was just thinking of like this fruitful branch that's like hanging mm-hmm. over the wall where you could like you could just like walk by and be like, oh, there's like something wonderful on that branch. I'm going to have it. And um, we're blessed to bless others. Like God blesses us always to be a blessing to other people. Mm-hmm. And so he was a blessing to everyone around him. And he has gone through more pain than many of us will ever have mm-hmm. to. But I think the secret is in that verse that he remained. It says that he was by a well. And so mm. the secret is that he remained by the well. And Jesus mm. is our living well. He's the source of mm-hmm. living water. Mm-hmm. And so if we are remaining in him and close to him, then his abundance can overflow from our lives and just splashes on everyone around us. And so um, it made me think of Isaiah fifty-eight eleven that mm-hmm. the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and mm-hmm. strengthen your bones. You will be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. So I think the key to fruitfulness is just abiding so close to Jesus that mm-hmm. everyone around you can't help but be splashed by his Amen. presence and his love. And he's blessed us to bless others. And even in the pain and the suffering, when we are vulnerable and real with people, that's when, like, I think that's why we're so close because we mm-hmm. have walked through hard things together, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like when you're real and honest, and like, I'm hurting, I am not well, and it's okay to be in that place, but to have people around you. And I feel like that's when God shows up and he uses you to speak life into someone else too. Mm-hmm. And so he's so faithful like that. I Amen. love that he uses every season of our life. Mm-hmm. Amen. I think about the end where it, I don't remember how it says it exactly, but I wrote that. It says, you have made me fruitful in my land of affliction. Mm-hmm. Just because there's suffering, it doesn't mean that it can't be fruitful. In fact, those are going to be some of the, your deepest times of fruitfulness because it's to the Lord. Right. Yes. Yeah, it's like you still on God in those times. Amen. And it's like Jesus cultivating that dirt Sure. when we're just in pain, you mm-hmm. know, and he's cultivating that dirt so we can grow yep. in those moments. And then when we stand in faith, 
in those moments mm -hmm. and just push into Jesus mm -hmm. instead of into the world or into whatever distraction there is, then mm -hmm. that dirt that he's cultivating just makes his growth. Yeah, it's that depth that provides the breadth, yeah. right? It's that enlargement through suffering. It's there, there's a beauty that comes from it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Anybody else? You're also quiet and patient. <laughs> okay. Um, well, Julie, will you, will you close us? Yes. Let's close us in prayer then. Lord, we thank you so much for meeting each of us this morning. We thank you that it's not our works that we have to do anything, but you call us to just delight in you to abide in you and that as we stay close to you, the source of living water, that you make our lives fruitful. And Lord, we want to have eyes to see those around us that need your love. We want to be your hands and your feet and your heart to those around us, to our families. And so we pray that wherever we are, that we would make that a place of worship, Lord, that you be honored and glorified through our lives. We pray that we would be those fruitful boughs that everyone around us could walk and be blessed because of you coming through our lives, Lord. And so I thank you for these ladies. I pray that you refresh mm, yes, them, Lord. that you would encourage them, continue to speak yes, to their hearts today. And Lord, mm. we pray that you would help us to be steadfast in whatever season that you've called us in, Lord, that we would be leaning hard into you and that they would each find you and that you'd meet them in such a special, intimate way today. Mm -hmm. Thank you for how good you are. In Jesus' name, amen.